Hi, my name is Dr. Christy Lewis, and I'm a licensed naturopathic doctor and holistic nutritionist. I've been in practice for well over a decade and treated thousands of people. Something that keeps me up at night is if people know what to do, then why are they not doing it? If we are all trying to live our best life, then why do we compromise, sabotage, and avoid ourselves from making choices that will ultimately rise us up? A basic truth has been revealed. Behavior modification, as simple as it may seem, is very difficult to implement. Hence the birth of this podcast. In between visits are short and sweet shares where I will answer your questions about how to stay on track, support, inspire, and motivate you on your journey. See you in your struggles, affirm you in your challenge, and reassure you that you are not alone. Let's get started. Hi there, it's Wednesday and Wednesdays are podcast day. I am Dr. Christy and this is In Between Visits. I am very excited that you've decided to join me today because we are moving on to movement. So I've been working through series uh, episode by episode as I've been sharing with you my beliefs and what I've seen in practice care around lifestyle medicine and this idea that we are really a series of choices. The choices that we make each day influence one another and so often we neglect one area and overfocus on another area and so working through the components of stress and sleep and most recently nutrition and now now we're getting into sort of the kind of concept of fitness, movement, exercise, and what I wanted to talk about today was really that question, why why do you move or potentially why don't you move, uh, but really what is it around exercise or fitness or motivation, uh, or excuse me, that really motivates you? Because ultimately at the end of the day, working out is, is an add-on, right? We have to eat. <laughs> Typically, we need to sleep. Uh, stress is inevitable. So these things are sort of happening live time, whether we want it or not. Movement is a kind of a different ball game because movement is something that we, it's an add-on. We can either choose to do it or not. And it's really, it's really something over and above the demands of everyday life. Even, even words like working out. I mean, we go to work, we do housework, we help our kids with our homework, and now we're going to go work out. So I, it's been very intentional for me to think about this component of lifestyle medicine as movement. And movement doesn't necessarily mean that we have to, you know, run marathons or do boot camp. Movement is walking. Movement is breathing. Movement is, you know, really just allowing the blood flow, uh, the energy, the chi from a Chinese medical perspective to flow through the body. And so movement is definitely something that I think we all need to be doing in our life. It's that negotiation around what is the type of movement that's going to be the right um, the right fit for where we are in the season of our life or what is it that's going to inspire us to want to sort of do this extra extra effort um, when life is already very busy and so as I was reflecting around this and and doing some writing and journaling in preparation for today I was thinking about well, why do I move and one of the things for me that is always helpful is to sort of look back and I am quite analytical anyone who knows me knows I'm a very uh, verbal processor and so no no wonder I'm enjoying doing these podcasts literally 
talking to 15 to 20 minutes to staring at my phone with notes on the side, uh, knowing that there's an audience out there who's taking this in. Uh, but I do process things verbally. And often I think about kind of my journey and how I got to where I am. And so for the longest time, I told myself that I was sort of a classic type A person and I like I prided myself and that's that's still true. I mean, I set goals, I achieved them. Um, and, you know, this was always really, really part of my fitness. And so, you know, even when I was a tween, you know, sort of that in-between uh, adolescence and teenager, I remember getting up early to run around the block and that would be in preparation for an upcoming school track meet. No coaches were telling me to do that. My parents certainly weren't putting that pressure on me, but I was just really focused and directed, especially when it came to exercise. And... I did more of that because it was celebrated by coaches and teachers. You know, everyone thought I was an exceptional athlete, well, except for myself. And a lot of that was because even at that early age, especially as I was going through puberty and noticing uh, and experiencing body changes, I realized that a lot of this relationship about exercise was was true. I loved fitness. I loved movement. I loved achieving goals. But there was a little hidden motivator that I didn't even know. I really didn't know what the motivator behind these lofty goals was. And you see, the truth was that from a very young age, I believed that I was fat, um, stocky, my shape being less desirable than others around me. And I just want to take a pause right now because there are people who don't know me out there and there are people who do know me really well and maybe shaking their head at this point because to look at me, I, I don't have that physique. I'm petite. Um, you know, I, I'm for many people, my body is desirable to them. I have had people share with me that they wished that they had a body like mine. That's not what I'm saying here. And I literally have a lump in my throat right now as I share this because perception is different than reality. And something that I have managed and certainly was managing at that time was something called dysmorphic body image. So even though the appearances may look one thing, I was having a different relationship with myself and with the idea that something needed to change. So I internalized, you know, any passing comment or comparisons, you know. So unfortunately in our world, we do do comparisons. Definitely, we hear it amongst children. Oh, you're very tall. Oh, you're very short. Oh, you're very strong. Oh, you're very graceful. And that's that's just inevitable, but it's when we start to compare too. And so that was that was really tricky for me because my my family members, my cousins, my sister, God bless them, to no to no fault of their own, they had these beautiful, long, lengthy bodies that were just so celebrated, at least within our family. And so I felt different. And so I really thought that something needed to be altered or changed. I wasn't enough. And that was an internal process. I don't blame anyone. I don't feel victimized. It was most likely also the friends I was with. It was also the so the media. I was going to say social media. Believe me, in the 80s and 90s, there was so no social media. I, I, I believe that's a whole other added pressure for girls these days. But it was a very long and in some ways torturous journey with exercise because on the one hand, I was being celebrated, but on the other hand, it was really a the, the motivator was a possibility to alter how I looked. I thought with enough drive and enough force, I could be free. And therefore the backdrop goal for 
every minute spent in movement was to lose weight or probably more to get the body that would make me feel whole. And so, you know, I love sports. I was competitive. I loved being part of a team. And so this isn't want to sort of throw everything out. You know, movement for me still is very, very important. The point of this podcast, the point of this share is to go inward and to ask yourself, why are you moving or why aren't you moving? What is your bottom line goal when you put those running shoes on or when you choose to sit on the couch instead of go for the walk? And so, because that is the key to sustainability. That is the key to a healthy relationship. And so, you know, really, whether I was playing basketball, field hockey, I played varsity squash and was very competitive with squash right up until, you know, almost all of my 20s into my early 30s, you know, it was it was this underlying dysfunction. And some of the benefits, you know, this active, active and sporty life really have shaped who I am today. And they made me the person who I am. So I wouldn't want to rewrite my history. But what I would want to do, I just, I would, I would ask or wish to go back and say, okay, I would love to give that 13-year-old beautiful, fragile, perfect girl in her own way to just tell her to go play and to laugh and run and jump and find joy in movement and stop giving a shit about whether or not this was a thing was going to finally make me feel whole in my body. And so that's still the message today. I mean, and that's still the difference with mindfulness, the difference with self-awareness is move when I move into those thought processes around that sort of wound of not being enough because it's not gone, right? I mean, I, I would love to say that it's, you know, completely healed and and I've wrapped myself in a blanket compassion and my body only moves with love and kindness and intentions of heart's desire. But the truth is, is that, you know, I still fall, fall, fall prey to this when I am feeling vulnerable. The difference being is that now you can see the pattern. You can stop the demon in its tracks. And that's really all that mindfulness is. So right now, you know, I'm lifting weights and doing some yoga and, and I take my dog for long walks. I'm still very active and I always will be. But it's the part of me that, that I've healed or that I'm in the process of healing, which is my why. My why no longer is my drive from a place of not enough. And so I'm asking you, you know, to sort of look at that for yourself, you know, to ask yourself, why do you move? And if it's from that place of not enough, can you, can you find yourself? Can you see the successes? Can you come at movement, whatever it is, dancing, running, yoga, hiking, can you come at that place? Can you be in your body in a way that is from just a pure heart's desire, from a pure place of joy. The flip side is if you're not moving. So often is the case is the same story. So it's just flipped on its head where I work with patients or I have, you know, people cross my path and they'll say things like, well, once I get in shape, I'll start yoga. Well, that's sort of the equivalent of I'll clean my house for the cleaner, you know, or I'll do the dishes and then put them in the dishwasher. The point is the movement is not about getting to a certain point before we move. It's about accepting exactly where we are. 
whether or not you feel you can't move or you're um, unable to access fitness because you're not where you want to be, whether it's because your motivation is to try to change or shift something um, that isn't you know, good enough within yourself, all of these things come from a place of not enough. There is no abundance. And ironically in that, and this is a tricky one, I've seen this in play, but ironically with that is that when we make peace, when we make peace, I'm actually sitting here looking as I look up, I'm, I have a, a picture of a sort of a Buddha in my room and, and there's a sort of a peace single going on. So uh, thank you. Thank you universe for bringing that into this um, for me because as we bring peace with acceptance of ourselves, that's actually where we truly change. I can't tell you the number of people that it's when they say, I am enough. My body, I am grateful for my body and how it moves. I am, I am so, I love my arms and how strong they are or my legs and how they carry me from place to place that ironically their shape does shift. So the goal doesn't, the goal, the outcome is left behind, but the process and the day-to-day commitment of movement from joy is sustainable and they are choosing things that are come from a place of desire as opposed to should. So what I'm going to ask and what I what I what I'm going to do and and you know because again as I said this is not this is not a past tense for me. This is something that can still show up, you know, very much whenever I'm about to do something new or to try a new workout, this sort of backdrop of, oh, maybe this will be the thing. I'm a 46-year-old woman and I'm still, well, maybe this will be the thing. Is that as you are, you know, moving th- moving through this idea of fitness, what is it that motivates you? You know, if you want to take some time to just journal about that or do some deep breathing or talk to a friend and ask yourself, are you enough? What do you love about yourself? What do you find in gratitude with your body and how it serves you um, in its physicality? And can you can you choose goals? Can you move through your exercise or or fitness from this place? So something to chew on, uh, you know, something for you to kind of you know let let um, move through your body and and see how that resonates with you. And thanks so much for listening today. We're going to continue the conversation around movement, uh, everything from, you know, sort of what is the best movement depending on where you are in your season of life, whether you're exhausted or whether you're anxious or stressed, um, certainly at different ages in your life, kind of what physical benefits come from. I promise there will be no how-tos, there will be no shaming, there is nothing but acceptance and hopefully that place of inspiration inspiration which moves into motivation to choose to bring this sort of add-on into your life from a very loving place so would love your feedback love that you're out there listening and um yeah if you want to you want to read more about this uh, dr christy lewis this is tied up in a blog um so www.christylewis.ca is where you can find sorry that's drchristylewis.ca that's where you can find more about this and other things that i've been doing okay thanks so much bye have a great day